welcome to the Southern New England Ministry Network podcast. On today's episode, we're going to continue the Minister Health Storytelling Series. If you haven't tuned in to the previous two episodes, they've been amazing and helpful to help us understand what it looks like to get healthy in the midst of difficult circumstances. Kristen, tell us who we're going to hear from today. Well, today we have Michael Brown, uh, also known as Mike. He, along with his wife Polly and their kids, serve as missionaries to Bolivia. They work to reach those who are often marginalized and outcast, with an emphasis on working to reach the deaf and at-risk kids, youth, and their families. Mike and Polly, prior to being missionaries in Bolivia, served as youth and children's pastors at Calvary Assembly of God in Dudley, Massachusetts. Uh, And then they were missionary associates in Costa Rica prior to their move to Bolivia. Mike is passionate about ministry, missions, his family, and loves being in nature and enjoying the beauty of God's creation. Mike's story is much like many of ours where we have these moments. God is getting our attention about areas of our life that need tending to. The question is, will we do what is necessary to address it? He also really helps us see the importance of grief and lament when we experience loss, especially after the last few years. I know this episode will encourage all of us. Well, thanks for joining us today, Mike. We are so excited to have you on our storytelling podcast series for Minister Health. You're our first episode, so welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Before we get into our conversation, why don't you say hi to everyone and tell us a little bit about yourself for those that may not know you. Yeah, hi. Thank you so much, uh, Kristen, for having me. Uh, I'm Mike. My wife, Polly, and I have been in the district for in the network for a long time. And uh, I actually was born and raised in Massachusetts. We have uh, been been blessed with the opportunity to serve in youth ministry in Central Mass before we became missionaries now to Bolivia. And uh, we have two kids and one on the way in November. That's awesome. So uh, that's a little, a little sneak peek into kind of who we are. Yeah, that's great. I'm excited for you guys and your third baby. Congratulations, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, we are, we're going to get to know you a little bit more in this conversation. As I said, uh, this is a storytelling series, so we want to hear your story. We want to hear uh, what God has done in your life, is doing, and what you're believing that he'll continue to do, especially in terms of minister health. And uh, we have talked a lot about, as we've shared more about the vision for minister health, about the importance of pursuing wholeness all the days of our life uh, and really being transformed in Christ and the whole part, um, every aspect of who we are. So it's not just about what we do for God, but it's about who we are. And so we're just going to start right there. There's a lot of times these kind of marked moments in our journey where God is getting our attention to address our inner world, to address maybe areas of our life that we've kind of ignored or fragmented out. And so why don't you just start there, Mike? Maybe there's a few kind of those marked moments for you uh, where God was getting your attention. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, and so I don't even think I had realized how much... Um, really emotional, mental health kind of things I was dealing with in my life. Um, I look back now and I mean, even in like second grade, I remember, you know, just always being real nervous and having anxiety. I didn't recognize it at the time, but mm-hmm. uh, in all throughout life that just continued. I mean, I would struggle to to eat because I'd struggle to keep down food and, and, and just because of my anxiety levels being so high. And uh and so that just kind of continued and, and looked different in different ways. I remember in, um, 
man, in 2005, I believe I was in a, a real bad car accident, head on collision. Mm-hmm. And, um, I kind of saw my life flash before my eyes. People talk about that. Right. And that I think was kind of a big moment for me because that actually took a lot of that anxiety that I've been dealing with. And it brought maybe a, a lot more to the surface. Again, I don't know that I realized that at the time, but it didn't take long for me to realize it. Uh, at the time, I wouldn't have even acknowledged that probably some depression had set in because I felt fine about life. I was getting ready to get engaged and my life was going in a good place in, in, in some ways, but not in all ways. And um, yeah, I just started uh, dealing with kind of more and more of that. I didn't, I didn't recognize it at the time, but like I, I would like there was a time I couldn't go to work. So like, I just, I would just stay in my, my pajamas all day, you know, simple stuff that in, in hindsight, looking back, I'm like, Oh, that was totally not really, a, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know how I missed it, but then, then as I got into my first year of marriage and things had really kind of right around that first year of marriage with all the transition, and everything, all of a sudden panic attacks started hitting big time. I was literally afraid I was dying on a pretty, daily basis. I mean, literally like ended up in the ER to have myself checked and, um, was mimicking signs of a heart attack, all those kinds of things. So, so those kinds of transitional things in life Mm -hmm. have been these moments. And that was the moment I would say when I started really hitting those panic attacks is when I finally, it was like, God had to, to kind of wake me up a little and say, Hey, what are you doing here? Uh, cause I wasn't taking any steps forward. I wasn't progressing. I wasn't mm-hmm. growing. I hadn't tried to really do anything about it. I was just, I was okay. Like everyone, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'm yeah. fine. And I think, I think that was, um, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Cause, cause like I said, later, someone had told me that, you know, it might've been, you know, marriage and all those changes and stuff might've been like that last straw. Mm. And that was a positive thing, but it's just, this is life as we transition, yeah. these things can sometimes happen. And like I said, it was already brewing and I think it came to the surface. Yeah. And uh, so that was, that was a huge one for me, right. Right. In kind of the early part of marriage where it was finally like, I, I got to do something about this because mm-hmm. uh, I can't live this way. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense because a lot of times we will have these underlying kind of undertones of whether it's chronic stress or anxiety or cyclical types of behavior, et cetera. And they're just kind of low lying there. And then certain events will trigger them. They might kind of increase in a moment and then we get a handle on it again and it just kind of goes back. But we've never actually addressed that undertone that's always present. And I do find that it's often in change and transition that they really get hit against and and can kind of come out and become overwhelming. So God use it, use these moments. And, And it was interesting too, that you said it was actually really good things that were happening. It was, you know, stuff that was worth celebrating, but the reality is you're right. Change is change and it makes an impact. And so tell me a little bit more about God getting your attention in those moments of saying, okay, this thing is kind of starting to cycle. So what do we, what do we do about it? Yeah. And, and that is where, you know, the rubber hit the road as they say, right? Like that's where it really came down to, okay, something's got to be done. I can't, I can't live this way anymore. I mean, I had dealt with my anxieties for years on, on my own, so to speak, but I, but I hadn't dealt with them, mm-hmm. you know, that's in, in, in uh, quotation marks, I dealt with them. Mm-hmm. And um, there was, I remember this, this, there was a couple of things that I did. Uh, I, I would say there are two real, 
real things that I can look back at that were real changing points for me. Actually, three things I would say. One was um, I really started talking to to my dad a lot about it. My dad's a, a real wise man, and my dad has gone through a lot of anxiety in his own life. And uh, just hearing from someone who had gone through it before, honestly, for me was huge. Mm-hmm. It, it's simple little things that because it's not rational. So so people would try to say, yeah, but you're not dying. Well, that's it doesn't matter. It, it, it's an irrational behavior. So rational response is not necessarily what I what wasn't necessarily helping because in my mind, I knew I wasn't on one hand, but I felt like I was on the other. And so it was this inner turmoil. And to have someone that I respect and love so much like my dad just say to me, yeah, you know, that's kind of normal. But mm-hmm. as you go through it, the more times you have these panic attacks and these episodes and live through them and realize I was okay, the more it's going to help you to see, okay, wait a minute. I felt this way before I was fine before I, it's, it sounds so simple, but it's not just the, that little piece of advice you had given, but it was, it was the fact of being willing to, to kind of seek out advice instead of just trying to deal with things on my own. Cause it's so easy to try to kind of help, help things on my own. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I did was I went to a doctor and uh, I ended up going on SSRIs, getting medication to help. Uh, I, I didn't love the idea. I am, I am not anti-medicine, but I, uh, I want to make sure that I need it. Like, I, I just don't want to be on lots of meds for no reason. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the doctor really felt, and I agreed at this time, as bad as things were getting, then maybe we just need to, to help this a little bit. And, uh, and I always think back to, you know, when, when Timothy had issues with his stomach, Paul didn't say, Hey, just have a little more faith. Uh, I think that that comes naturally. We should have faith. Yeah, we do trust God. Yes. But he told him, Hey, do something about it. Have a little wine for your stomach, do something about it within your power. And that's kind of what I looked at with that. And so, and so I did start taking medication, um, which, which I was only on for a year. And I think you know, and that was okay. Cause that's what I needed it for. And, and so yeah. I came off when I, I, I needed to, but I went on when I needed to. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the, the, the main thing, uh, saving the best for last was I really realized how out of whack my whole life was. Mm. It wasn't just my emotions. It wasn't just my emotional well being. It was all of, all of me was really out of whack. If I, when, as I look back now, my spiritual life wasn't where it should have been, right? My, not, not that I didn't have a relationship with God or didn't love God. Cause I did, but like, it just, I wasn't really growing. I wasn't really moving forward. I was, I was stuck in certain areas of sin in my life. I was stuck in certain things that I was, I was dealing with. And, um, and, and I noticed that that also corresponded with my physical health. I was as unhealthy as I'd ever been during that season of my life. I weighed the highest that I have in my life during that season of my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I just wasn't exercising. I wasn't getting any physical energy. I wasn't having any natural like endorphins released or whatever, you know, there was no physiological help coming either. And so it, it there was a moment that I just had with, with God where, um, we were really just, I was really praying for some stuff. Someone had come, a guest speaker had come and praying with youth pastors at a youth pastors event. And they were praying for physical health. But I was like, my, my thing isn't physical so much. Mm-hmm. I really just need like wholeness and, and really the spiritual side of it for me was huge. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so God had given me a huge breakthrough uh, at that time. And I started to see as I started getting everything in line. As I started getting kind of self-control in each of these other areas, I started realizing that 
that my emotional life was kind of coming in line too. It all kind of worked together. And so that was, I think the big thing, uh, you know, it's kind of three areas, uh, three different ways of kind of helping through it. Yeah. I want to go back to that third way, this piece of wholeness that you're, you're talking about there. We'll revisit that in just a minute, but before I do, I just want to kind of summarize, you know, what I'm hearing you talk about these three areas. So first, it, you know, you talked about sharing it with your dad. So it's community. You know, it's um, that's what comes to my mind is community of reaching out in these these vulnerable moments uh, with transparency to say, you know what, I am recognizing something is not right. Something is not OK. And I need other people in my life um, to to walk on this journey with. And so whether it's God using their testimony, their story to encourage us and strengthen us, whether it's iron sharpening iron, you know, they're holding us accountable and they're, you know, um, equipping us with the right tools Uh, in whatever way God uses those relationships, our transformation and our wholeness has to happen, not just individually in our relationship with God, but in community as well. So I just can appreciate so much um, you mentioning that and how it impacted you. And then second, you talked about seeking treatment, seeking um, actual, whether it's through medical professional, like your doctor and, and finding medication. Um, and we talked about therapy and counseling before, but recognizing that God has equipped people with knowledge and expertise and, you know, the scientific study, research, et cetera, to then help us in what ails us. And so being willing to access those things. Um, and thank you for sharing that because that can, there can be a stigma around medication related to anxiety, depression, and other mental health struggles. So I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, and then, yeah, the third piece of just recognizing that every area of life needed to be addressed and the need for wholeness there. And so, um, you know, going back to that piece in the third area, I'm curious of, cause that's a lot, you know, when you recognize there's all these different areas, your emotional health, your spiritual health, your physical health. I know that had to have been overwhelming. Uh, what was challenging about that? I mean, again, I know it's challenging, but maybe like share some specific things that really you were difficult for you to kind of take those steps to really start addressing these areas. Yeah, I think, I think for me, um, really, once I recognize it, that was a huge piece. I think, you know, it's so easy to I know you can kind of live in denial, right? Like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm going to be okay. Um, to your point, not, not to jump off topic, but to your point about counseling and stuff like, see, that's a big thing for me that that it took that progression. Like first I was willing to talk to my dad. See, in, in, in some ways I wear my heart on my sleeve, right? In some way, like you can tell kind of how I'm feeling. But I don't, I'm, I mean, I'm a traditional Massachusetts, New Englander, like, I don't open up to everyone, right? Like, I'm mm-hmm. sort of, I, I sort of, I open up to very few, right? And so being willing to open to, to him to start, to my father to start, I, I think was a good step. Mm-hmm. Um, and good thing we had that relationship. Uh, still for years, for years, I, I pushed against the idea of counseling and stuff, not because I was opposed to it, but because I didn't need it, mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and so that was something that gradually over time, in fact, last year during the pandemic, as a a little bit of anxiety came back and some different things, which, which by the way, isn't a coincidence that my life kind of got out of whack because we were in full lockdown and my physical, you know, exercise was kind of out the window a little bit there. And my spiritual life was okay, but it it was probably the strongest of them, of them all. And the strongest at the time, 
but just like things were starting to get out of whack. And it was finally that I was like, uh, you know, cause I'd always tell my wife, she'd be like, well, counseling, counseling. I'd be like, well, you know, it's not that I don't, I don't believe in counseling. It's just like, I don't need it. I already know what I need to do. Yeah. You know, I, I just know I have the answers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, I, it's just that, that to me took these kind of steps of progression to be willing to do it. So for me, what I found was the physical thing was the easiest thing I could do about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, um, for me, that's, that's easy. I, 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 uh, ran track in high school. Like mm-hmm. I've always, I kind of, I played soccer in college, like, mm-hmm. like ac- being active was normal for me. And so this was kind of abnormal for me. So to get back into it, um, was really easy for me. And what I found was they, th- for me, at least they all work together. Mm-hmm. So the moment I started running again, because for me, running is my thing. That's yeah. that's the thing I prefer the most. And what I've learned is that when I run, that's generally when God speaks to me, mm-hmm. right? So that's generally when I hear the most from God is when I'm running. That's good prayer time for me. Like I don't put on headphones or anything else. It's just my time with God. So as I began you know, doing these things, it started knocking my spiritual life a little bit more back into order anyway. Cause now not only am I actively running, exercising, getting the physiological help I need, but it's actually now helping me to get the spiritual side in order. And as I'm spending more time with him, I want to spend more time with him. So now that's helping more. And as I'm doing these things and getting these things back in line, okay, well, why would I want this lagging behind? So now I'm more willing to kind of take care of some of the emotional things. So I, I think for me, it was starting with the easiest, mm-hmm. which was physical. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of just snowballed into it. So I, I think for me, that's kind of what I found. So you mentioned that counseling piece, it sounds like that was a little challenging for you. I mean, you said, yeah. when I'm listening to you, what I'm thinking is you had a little bit of a mindset around challenge or around counseling that was being challenged maybe yeah. by, by Polly. So what did you do about it? Did you start seeking counseling? Yeah. So last year, so last year we went through, we went through, um, a traumatic moment. So obviously everything going on with, with COVID. And then there was a lot of stuff going on with political issues back in Bolivia and back in the States and, and, uh, racial tension and all these different things were kind of lining up, but we had also experienced loss last year. Um, Polly lost the baby. We were, we were pregnant and, um, uh, she was at right at the end of the first trimester and we lost the baby. And, and so I knew it, it was kind of like the door I needed because I knew that for Polly's sake, we needed to go through counseling. Not, not that I didn't need it too, yeah. but hear me. Mm-hmm. I knew that for Polly's sake, we needed to. Mm-hmm. And so I was willing for her and then realized as we did it, how much I needed it myself, of course. Yeah. So I really probably... I almost had to get duped into doing it. I know that sounds weird, but it's just reality. Cause, and again, it wasn't that I was ever anti-counseling, but it's like, how can they help? But as it turned out, I, we did start seeking counseling. We we, we um, were able to zoom with the counselor once a week for, for the rest of our time mm-hmm. really in Bolivia until we came back to the States and it was really healthy. And it, and I was able to work through some of the things that I did. It, it, it started with the baby and some of the COVID stuff, but it, but it was nice. And, and I was able to get um, some really good advice, just some things I hadn't really thought through. And um, one, one practical thing I could just share, cause it, cause it just sounds like so common sense, maybe to everyone else, but see, I, I hadn't done it was 
I, I was talking to the counselor one day and as we were kind of talking through some things, she realized I love to write. She's like, have you ever just, you know, just write them out. Like if you're struggling to get them out, maybe you don't want to verbalize them. Cause, cause like I said, I'm kind of guarded mm-hmm. as far as verbalizing certain things. You have to be really, really, really in my inner circle. And uh, she's like, well, have you considered just writing them out? At least it's a way to release them. And man, did that help? Like, I, I remember one day I, I, I did that and it's like, yeah, okay. So, so there is a way there's a tool that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. I didn't have all the answers. I didn't mm-hmm. know everything. And uh, as a result of, of not wanting to go through counseling, but finally doing it, I'm a huge proponent of it now. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like, man, like I, I should have done that sooner almost. Right. Like yeah. I, not almost, I mean, I should have, but that's, you know, the feeling that it, that it, that it left me with, but yeah, it was tough just being real. Cause I, I don't know why mm-hmm. I, I'm just that guy who I I'm, I'm fine. I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, yeah. and I wasn't fine. Yeah. You all went through a lot over the last year and a half to two years to have to carry all of that, what you're experiencing in, in your family and your marriage for Polly losing the baby to, um, again, everything that was being experienced in the world and then being on the mission field too. Uh, and the challenges that naturally come with that, that is a lot to carry. Um, and so I just kind of sit with you in that for a moment of just recognizing, um, the intensity of the pressure and grief and loss, uh, that God was, you know, asking you to go through, to walk through, and then recognizing, though, that he was present with you in that and leading you to a place of saying, you know what, I have some things that are going to help you walk through this time, you know, this really difficult time, and that God meets us in our sorrow, and he meets us in our pain, and it's in our recognizing and our acknowledging of the pain that God says, if you'll, if you'll stay present in that, not avoid it, not deny it, not run away from it, but if you'll stay present in it, you'll find me in it, and then I'll lead you through it. And then you begin to experience transformation because, you know, I'm sure you can share many ways that God led you and is leading you through it. One of those ways being counseling. It's in that counseling relationship that God is present in that, and he's bringing transformation to our lives where he's using somebody that's outside of ourselves, outside of our circle of influence, outside of our family that says, hey, you know what? You don't have it all together and it's okay. It's actually okay. You don't know all the things you need to know and it's okay. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you know, no, I, I appreciate you saying that and you just touched on something that I have found to be so important this year is, is in fact, I've, I've preached a sermon on it a number of times now, is... um is the promise of his presence. It's just, it's, it's about him. And, uh, you know, we, we weren't promised that we won't go through difficulty. We weren't promised that we won't face challenges. We weren't promised that life won't be hard. Uh, that, that was never, I I've yet to find it. Right. Uh, I found the opposite in, in, in the Bible where, where basically we are promised that we're going to go through persecution mm-hmm. and difficulty and challenges and, and sufferings. Mm-hmm. Um, but the promise is his presence and it, and it did, it, it's brought me to a place in having those tools and things has helped me because, you know, if you look at it in, and just humanize last year was, was probably the hardest year of our life. I don't think that's a big exaggeration. It was, it was a hard year for us. Um, yet 
we finished the year really strong. And that's not just like, I'm supposed to say that because it's a spiritual thing. No, really, we did. Mm-hmm. And finish the play the year in a better place than I ever would have imagined we would have. Because I just wanted to get through the year, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But but God had other plans. And I feel like finished closer to him than ever before. Mm-hmm. And that is really amazing. But when we do abide in him, as you were you know talking about, just pressing into him, it really makes all the difference. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and sometimes we're, we're kind of inhibited from the abide time because we can't get over these obstacles kind of we're going through and it is people in our life who can kind of help walk us through. Okay. But how do we just remain in him? And, and there were other people that spoken into my life. Um, yeah, one in particular, one of my leaders, you know, said something that really, uh, captivated my heart last year. And there was a, uh, a young girl who's um, going to serve in in missions in Bolivia, and she was on a call, and she shared a message about the presence and the promise of His presence, and and all those things mm-hmm. that like it just like really started resonating with me, and and that's and that's what we held on to is what I've learned is is not just to have faith for God to take me out of a situation. Mm-hmm. I think we can become escapists if we're just being real with ourselves. Our prayers usually like remove me, remove me, remove me. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned is to trust God in the situation. It's not in spite of the situation that he grows us. It's often in the very situation that he grows us. And I think Paul in Romans five, uh, three to five says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy spirit who has been given to us. Yeah. And, and I just think of that and just, you know, it's in those very moments. And so yeah, I trusted God and had faith uh, for God to remove me from a situation. But what I learned was a deeper level of faith yeah. <laughs> in a way. I know that might sound weird, but a deep, deeper level of confidence mm-hmm. to say, no, not only do I trust you to take me out of this, but I trust you that if I'm to go through it, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So I just think that was, that was so huge in it all. And, and if it weren't for these trials and struggles, I wouldn't have had that picture of God, of that level of trust, of trusting him in the circumstance, not just in spite of it. Yeah, that's really powerful. Thank you, Mike, for sharing that. It, presence of Jesus in pain will lead to new life and transformation. That's what it makes me think of. Um, One of the other things that I'm thinking about as you're sharing your story um, is I'm recognizing that you shared early on that you were having these experiences of getting this low-lying anxiety. And what it sounds like to me is you were kind of in this high-functioning form of anxiety, which to be honest, I think a lot of leaders, uh, ministers find themselves there. Um, there's anxiety that's present, but they're high functioning in it. Um, and so you had went, you know, about a process to address these areas long before the last year and a half that was year that was the most difficult as you've described. So I just, I'm just kind of thinking about it as you're sharing, I'm like, the grace of God on you and then your acceptance of that grace to, to take steps forward, to address 
your whole self to, to pursue wholeness before you got to a place of the hardest year of your life. Because what if, what, what, what would have happened if you had kind of ignored those subtle, you know, um, subtle reminders, those subtle call of God to say, Hey, you need to address this when things were difficult. Life is difficult, but not the worst year of your life. What if you had ignored that? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and I thought of that, um, last year as a panic attack, um, started coming on me the first panic attack in years that I had been experiencing, but honestly it was real mild. And a lot of it was because I had that to lean on in the past and said, no, you're like, I, I know because, because that's the thing with a panic attack is like, we often feed into it. Mm -hmm. It, It's kind of a, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way, so to speak. So true. But, um, but to already have gone through that in the past, to be able to, to, to think back to things that, you know, my dad, like I said, had mentioned, or, or just to remember back to those experiences and just say, you know, you know what, like, I'm going to be okay. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I can only imagine how rough last year would have been had I not already experienced it. Like you said beforehand in, in lesser in lesser moments and less difficult moments. It, it, you know, it just, again, it, it seems to be the way that things go. Like when you look in the scriptures, I just think of David, you know, David didn't kill Goliath until after he'd already killed the lion and the bear, right? Like, mm-hmm. like God prepares us. And, um, and so it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, we don't know what the future can hold, mm-hmm. but we know uh, who holds the future. I know it's like, it sounds cliche, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. Like, and so when you learn to trust in him through it and trusting in him is, is using the resources and things that he gives us, you know, that he enables us to have like, like, I love that the network is putting an emphasis on this. This is a, this is a resource now for pastors. And um, as we, as we learn these things, you know, it's, it's the step in of faith in these little areas, that's mm-hmm. going to help us down the road. And, and it's so true. Cause I, I just sensed it mm-hmm. uh, so much last year, just how much, you know, God had prepared me and, and, in knowing that that wasn't the end game, by the way, that mm-hmm. he's continuing to prepare me. So sometimes it's like, Oh no, you know what's mm-hmm. coming. But one of the things God told me when, when he spoke into my heart, Bolivia, one of the things he told me was that it was going to be hard. And um, it was a kind of an odd, odd thing to hear, to be honest. It was actually one of the ways that he confirmed it to me, though, because I asked someone about it and they said, well, let me just tell you, Bolivia is hard, you know, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and one of the things I didn't even until this very moment that I'm talking to you right now, I, I hadn't even thought of this yet was in that moment. I remember my response to it was. I better be more full of the Holy spirit. I better be more full of God. If I'm going to be facing hard things Mm -hmm. because I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so again, God was already preparing me. He had already given me that advantage of saying, Hey, start digging in, start pressing in and start abiding more now because you're going to need it, (laughs) you know? And uh, yeah, that is grace. What a beautiful way to say it. It's Mm -hmm. God's grace allowing me to have had that experience to be able to bring me through, you know, a really tough time. Yeah, that's good. So I know that being a missionary and being a minister and a leader, it's hard to acknowledge 
the struggles that we have, the challenges that we have, especially when it's outside of crisis that has happened to us, right? We can all say, yeah, I experienced, you know, this crisis and it was really difficult and here's what I learned. But when it's just inner struggle, inner challenges, um, it's hard, you know, in the roles that, that we fill to just acknowledge that. So I know it had to have been challenging for you. I know it's challenging for all of us as ministers. So in kind of our final moments together, you know, how would you encourage us as fellow ministers um, to, to talk about these things? Because we know that the, pow- the, the store, uh, power of story, right? That it challenges us, it encourages us, it teaches us, but it also helps us grow and learn in community together. So that's what you've been doing for us today, Mike, is that you are encouraging us, you're challenging us, you're helping us grow together in community to know who you are more. Um, how, would you, how would you encourage us in that? How would you challenge us? Yeah. I mean, for me, I've just come to realize that it's just about laying down my pride. Cause if I'm just being honest, I can't speak for everyone, but speaking for me, mm-hmm. that's usually what gets in the way. And, uh, in recognizing that there is, there is value in sharing our experiences. There's value. When I hear from others that have gone through things, it, it makes it feel, this is maybe not the right way to say, it, I don't know, but it makes it feel more normal, right? Like, Oh, I'm not, so crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not such an, you know, like all those things that you can feel when you keep to yourself. And as you begin to share, you start to realize, wow, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm in the majority, not the minority at all here. Um, but it took me getting beyond myself. And I think, I think one of the things that I've just come to realize the more I preach, the more I teach, the more I live is that, um, we just need to be real. You know, we just need, we could use a whole lot more realness. I, me personally, again, I'm talking to myself, right? Like, um, we don't need to fake it till we make it. We don't need to, you know, p- put this fake smile on. Like, in some ways, in, in our ministries, we would be bothered if that's all that we ever got from people. Mm. You know, we'd be like, I mean, I want the real, mm. you know, what's really going on, right? But like, we wouldn't settle for like the fake. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm just thankful to to people in my life. Maybe if, you know, for those who don't struggle with it, keep being that voice to those who maybe do. Keep keep being willing to ask the tough question. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my the president of my college years ago, while I was cleaning his office, he said, how are you doing? And I said, fine. And he looked at, and he looked at me and said, now he's a busy, busy man with lots to do. And he was working late, which meant he probably had a real lot to do because it was after business hours. And he looked at me and said, that doesn't sound fine. Let's talk about it. How, how's it really going? I'm so glad that he was willing to say, how's it really going? Mm-hmm. And so maybe when we see each other as another encouragement, because I think, I think it's got to be within community within ourselves. Cause we all know mm-hmm. it, it's hard. You can't really open up to the parishioners because it's this whole other thing. Right. But, but let's just start with each other, mm-hmm. just, just in community with each other, going to events where, where we are together in being willing to talk through those, those hard things and those challenging things, but, but maybe just go the extra mile too on the other side of it and be willing to say to someone, but how's it, how's it really going? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. Simple things like that, I think go a long way. That's so, so good. Thank you so much, Mike. I just really appreciate your willingness to open your life to us, to open your journey um, and how God has walked with you, how he's led you 
just thank you so much. Uh, again, I know that it's not always easy to do that, but you are paving the way for all of us, you know, to be more willing to share those stor- stories that are maybe a little bit more vulnerable. And thank you too for sharing some great tools um, that have helped you along the way and I know will help us as well. So uh, we are really, really grateful. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. All right. God bless you.